Hello, and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 189. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Voyager's first season episodes, Cathexis and Faces. Here we go. Cathexis, season one, episode 13, production code 113, original air date, May 1st, 1995, directed by Kim Friedman, story by Brennan Braga and Joe Minoski, teleplay by Brennan Braga, music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Michael Kumsey as Lord Burley, Brian Markinson as Lieutenant Peter Durst, and Carolyn Seymour as Mrs. Templeton. <laughs> Voyager recovers its shuttle craft containing commanders Chakotay and Tuvok, who have been exploring a nearby dark matter nebula. Tuvok is unconscious, but Chakotay appears to be brain dead, lacking any neural activity. He is put on life support by the doctor. The shuttlecraft shows evidence of energy weapon attacks, and Cap- Captain Janeway orders Voyager towards the nebula to investigate. Doctor! They've each taken a blast to the head by some kind of energy discharge. Cardio stimulator. Mr. Tuvok has a serious concussion, but it's nothing I can't handle. As for Commander Chakotay, all of the bioneural energy has been extracted from his brain. Extracted? Yes, from the looks of it, someone drained the energy from every single axon and dendrite right down to the synapses. First of all, folks, I'd like to apologize for the sound of my voice. (laughs) While I'm sure some of our listeners would like me to do that in general, (laughs) I'm doing it uh, because I'm coming uh, off of a rather nasty cold. Um, I will try not to talk very much since I sound so funny, and I'm sure my <laughs> colleagues will take up the slack. And we will start that by having Adam kick us off on Cathexis. It's got a nice pace to it. It kind of moves. I'll say that for it. But I don't know. It just seems kind of like a thrown-together episode. I mean, it's a mystery that's not really all that mysterious and it's kind of far-fetched you know you got Chakotay wandering the the ship as a spirit inhabiting bodies and Tuvok's really the bad guy and yeah so yeah yeah so it's kind of how I gotta say about it it wasn't I wouldn't say it was a horrible episode but I wouldn't say it was a good episode um it has a nice pace like I said but other than that it's kind of far-fetched and yeah, not the not the best mystery action, not the best action mystery episode Voyager put out. For an episode that isn't very good, this episode actually took a while to get to the point where I'm like, yep, I don't like it. <laughs> you know, it was like pretty late in the episode. It was when, um, I mean, I was, you know, I'm on, like, on the fence. I think this isn't good. I think this isn't good. And then like the, the final straw was when Chakotay inhabits Neelix and he walks over there and he moves the stones in the medicine wheel and to be the map or whatever. I'm like, yep, this is the moment where I'm positive. I don't much care for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I just kept thinking to myself, why wouldn't he inhabit somebody at the con and just take him out of there himself? Which is mm. kind of silly. <laughs> Steve, what are your thoughts here? Yeah. Um, well, I think something that both the episodes we're covering today have in common um, is that they're very derivative of other uh, tracks. And I know that there's been so much trek that it's it's hard to have something truly original but it's kind of like just let's kind of tell this story we've seen before just a little differently and uh in this case yeah there there is it's it's quirky you know like the the rules they have to make up to explain all this behavior you know like 
you know, Chakotay explaining later, he has to give this, I don't know, this, this huge speech about, well, here's what I was experiencing. So you can understand what all went down in this episode. And it's kind of, uh, yes, yes. You know, with, uh, I was, I could kind of do simple things. Then I could do more complex things like, I guess, move stones on a medicine wheel or whatever, you know? And so, I mean, you know, it, it, it could have been something more, but I mean, there's something kind of odd anyway, when you've got these kind of things where the main character, the character that does the most and is most centered is not really there at all. It's one of these kind of weird ones where, you know, Chakotay is a big part of it, but he's not a part of it at all either, you know, which I guess you could do that in a interesting way, a creative way. But in this case, I'm not sure it is particularly effective. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say, I mean, you know, he talks about doing simple stuff and then doing more complex stuff. It doesn't really appear that way. I mean, you know, he's changing the course of Voyager in the beginning of the episode. He's shutting down the warp core. Seems like he's kind of doing complex things throughout the whole episode. Well, apparently walking is the most complex thing you can do. Uh, (laughs) Shutting down a warp core is a little less so, et cetera. (laughs) When he, like at the end, (laughs) after all this stuff and the doctor, they just, they just, Oh look, he's waking up. How? What happened? Oh, the doctor reintegrated Chakotay's oh, consciousness. <laughs> yeah, they they teach that. That's like second day at medical school. You know, that's a normal. That's sure, no problem. We don't even have to. It's that was easy. Pretty it's simple like, problem. WTF? That's what I wrote. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, as we've talked about before, these kind of things that don't seem to make much sense when we dwell on them. It means there's not a lot of meat in the episode, really. You know, when you, when you can, when you're just like, huh, you know, with that kind of detail, it means there's, it's just not captivating or something. Also the problem, it clearly took them too long to figure out that um, Tuvok was the villain. And once they did, they didn't really do anything about it. I don't know. It was kind of weird. It was like, Clearly, Tuvok's the prime suspect. He's in all these places. Everyone's just staring at each other, you know, and he's all, you know, God. And I didn't quite get the scene. Um, um, was Ensign Kim where he kind of dazed out there in the in the meeting? Was he possessed or was he just daydreaming? I didn't quite get Yeah, I think he was just hungover. <laughs> yeah. Well, those Delaney sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they should have made more at the opening teaser. Was that the teaser? Or was it after the opening credits? I forget. But they should have taken a line from you know from uh, original series. It could have been like Chakotay's brain is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Someone sucked the energy out of his brain. Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> you know? yes. Brain and brain. What is brain? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you know how they they did the open with the whole hollow novel. It's just so out of left field or something. You know, I mean, it's like do this thing, and at first I'm thinking, oh God, you know, this kind of thing. But then they don't come back to it anyway, and it's like, who who cares? It's really long. There's there there there's nothing in that sequence no. that's thematically. You know what it felt like? It felt like they finished the episode and they were several minutes short. Mm-hmm. Right, and then they had to add that. But I looked usually when you when you look at the production, somebody has a note about that. It didn't seem to be the case here. That's all. Now I know that they had already shot some of that. Mm-hmm. I think for a different episode or something, and then they weren't able to use it or something. Maybe, but right. I don't. Because you got various guest cast just for that. You know, you're paying these people just to for this thing, five minutes or whatever. I don't understand. Well, at least at least make it so that it's thematically yeah. 
relevant to the episode. You know, we saw Next Gen do that all the time. I mean, this is okay, because after we get done talking about this not very good episode, we're going to talk about one that's, I think, pretty strong almost entirely because of uh, performance. But still, you know, there's enough special here with with Voyager, just not in this episode. You know, as I imagine Janeway returning to this hollow novel in order to get insight to the episode, maybe it have been worse. You know, like I can imagine like at some point just arbitrarily she goes back into the hollow novel. I need some insight, you know, solve the problem <laughs> somehow that mishmash of a zillion other movies and stuff thing that she's got this hollow novel here for is would give her that. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the kids is possessed, maybe. Just go off into like a horror movie, Damien Damien. <laughs> Damien. <laughs> Omen. Yeah, something like that. We established that the Vulcan neck pinch can put someone into a coma. Yes. And it leaves marks. A hickey. Yeah. You like suction cup fingers. <laughs> is this episode about anything? Hmm. Is this episode about anything? Who can you trust when everybody's untrustable? Do you have enough bioneural energy to deduce what this episode is about? Hmm. It's floating around. You want to take a crack at a? You want to take a crack at it? See. Well, I mean, I think I think there may have been a little attempt to do some kind of paranoia problems issue there. They touch on that a while during that Kim scene that we already alluded to, but they don't ever deal with it anywhere else much, except everyone just staring each other down, you know, and all that. Um, so they could have caught on, yeah, but otherwise I, I really, I really don't know. I, I, there's just too many little things that I guess they could have made more of, but it's nothing really coalesced. So not the worst episode, but definitely not any good. Yeah. Let's do six degrees for Cathexis. Adam, are you going first or second? I'm going to go second. Oh, snap. Steve, Carolyn Seymour plays Mrs. Templeton in two episodes of Next Gen. She played different... You know what? That's why that whole opening sequence is there, so that we could actually do a Six Degrees about it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. In two episodes of Next Gen, she played different members of the same species. Commander Torith in Face of the Enemy and Subcommander Taras in Contagion. What species were they? Romulan. Yes, sir. Adam, Michael Kumpsty, Kumpsty plays Lord Burley. And how many more episodes will he play this character? One, two, or three? One. Yes, sir. One to one. Moving on. Faces, Season 1, Episode 14. Production Code 114. Original air date, May 8th, 1995. Directed by Winrick Colby. Story by Jonathan Glasner and Kenneth Biller. Teleplay by Kenneth Biller. Music composed by David Bell. Guest cast include Rob LaBelle as Talaxian Prisoner, Brian Markinson as Peter Durst, Sulan, and Barton Tenap as Vidian Guard. Paris, Taurus, and Ensign Durst have gone missing on a mission. They have been captured by the Vidians. Vidian Chief Surgeon Salon has conducted a procedure on Taurus, changing her from half-human, half-Klingon hybrid into two full-bodied races, Klingon and human. He infects Klingon Taurus with a phase, a deadly disease that afflicts his species, but to which Klingons seem to have a natural immunity so he can study her genetics. 
I will never help you. You are very strong. I can only hope that you will be truly resistant to the phage. And how will you know that? I have infected you. Steve, kick us off on faces. Well, uh, yeah. So I, this is a, you know a very memorable episode. Uh, just the whole notion of uh, splitting a being into you know their components, essentially a half Klingon, half human, and that it's very interesting. It's kind You've of the, this- kind of the opposite of Tuvix. I think. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I guess they could have titled it something clever with that um but um yeah so i i think it's you know again this is we've seen this kind of thing in various forms in trek but you know this is this is a different take on it it is interesting and um i like how they carry over the guest actor from the previous one you know like obviously planning they would turn him into this creepy thing and that that's interesting um it's a very um we learned some more about the Vidians. It's an interesting environment on this planet, uh, this prison they're in, and what they have to go through. Um, and I'm, you know, and of course we'll get into this. But you know, the most interesting aspect is this whole notion of parts of oneself and having to, you know, face that head on. So uh, yeah, I liked it. It's it's memorable and interesting. Yeah, for me, it's mostly a solid episode. But but the portions, the things that make it exceptional is her performance dawson's performance um mm-hmm. i think she's really good and it's particularly in, uh, impressive given how early in the series this is yeah this would have been a very different episode if it was a few seasons later but coming when it is now you know when she's still getting to know the character as an actress you know i think it's um it's just it's very deep and i think it's pretty touching like this scene you know in particular as a human when she tells the story about her childhood and mm-hmm. you know i decided my father left because i looked like a klingon you know she's really good in that scene like completely convincing very good and then the sequence in the cave between the klingon version of her and her human self is also very good she she is very good the other thing that comes to mind about this episode for me is I like that it does not end with some kind of t- the two halves reassembled or something. Mm. You know, it's the, it's the human half. You know, you know the, the Klingon version is killed and the human that's left, she's told that she has to get her, you know, get her Klingon half back. Uh, otherwise, she's going to die, which is fine. But then we don't have to see that. So it actually ends the episode with her just sitting there still is a human and it's a little bit more poignant i like that that moment too although jacote's reaction is a little a little weird because he he, i mean she's he just kind of walks away he doesn't say anything (laughs) and i don't remember thinking it before but this time when i watched it i thought he's kind of a dick here (laughs) i never thought that before but this but i really did kind of think like to see aren't they like the our best friends on the ship those two Right? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they, shouldn't he maybe you know at least put put your hand on her shoulder or something? I don't know. Yeah. It seemed a little weird, but I'd never thought that before. Maybe that's just something I think now that I'm, you know, an old man. But uh, uh, Adam, some of your thoughts here. Well, real quick, I kind of disagreed on that. I like that he didn't say anything because, like, how how can you kind of relate to that? What is he going to tell her? What kind of insightful wisdom or 
experiences because you know how can you relate to that you know you've been she's been literally split in two where she's had to deal with her personalities and now you know so i kind of felt like to put your hand on her shoulder and say yeah i can't relate bye (laughs) well that would have been more dickish but (laughs) no i actually kind of like that he didn't say anything because like you know i mean what i mean sometimes silence is best and it's not like he just gave her a dirty look he kind of just he kind of gave her a nod and (laughs) what are you gonna say there um, so I didn't, I kind of actually liked that they didn't write anything there. Sometimes silence kind of works. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think he needed to say anything. I just felt some kind of physical, you know, like I said, even if you can't, you're not going to do a hug, just hand on her shoulder or hand on her hand, something. I don't know. You should have slapped her. Instead of, yeah, or even it if it had just, <laughs> even it just ended with him standing there in front of her, but it actually, it ends with him walking away. He leaves. Right. He says nothing does nothing you know that's what that accentuates it the way it does but yeah i never thought that before this time so i don't know so uh, adam what are your thoughts no I, I really like this episode i mean steve's right i mean you know we've seen this kind of you know having to do with you know your inner demons and your inner self um throughout trek in a number of different episodes um i i think they they took a different enough take on it so it kind of it doesn't feel like a repeat of things that we've seen before um, you know, it's, it's not an original storyline, you know, you've always, you know, multiple personalities, there's a good and a bad. I mean, if you want to look at it this way as, as more of her aggressive and more meek side, um, and her having to deal with that, it's in, you know, it's a, it's a great thing about science fiction and Star Trek in general is like, you know, they're able to, to go in and look inward at, um, what troubles kind of all of us you know from a human standpoint you know the things that that taurus went through today i think um any, anybody can kind of relate to you know your angry side versus your logical side um and um, i agree with you brian that um her portrayal of it and her her performance in this was really good you felt the the fear and the vulnerability in her human side and um you know the anger and, you know, there's fear in both of them, but the fear um, was manifested in the Klingon Taurus as, as anger and hostility. And so it was interesting to see the, the emotions portrayed that way. And obviously Taurus is, you know, she's half human, half Klingon. And she's always going to have, she has, you know, she has a metamorphosis through this series where she kind of comes to terms with who she is and what she is. Um, this isn't the last we'll kind of see the this conflict between her and her, her two sides. And we learn about, you know, her family, we learn about what, you know, a little bit about her father and how she, what she thought of him and thought of their relationship. And then much later we learn about her mother's relationship uh, down the line here. But it's one of these things that makes these characters so interesting. And that's why I think consistently the characters that are conflicted or coming from two different backgrounds that are warring with each other are always tend to be so interesting because conflict yeah it's conflict and it also is something we all can relate to in a way i mean we uh we've all pondered things like um i mean i think we're all all human here but we're all uh we've all pondered what what we what do we get from our parents you know what either uh by nature or nurture what do we uh what do, what do we get from one side or the other and what do we think of that and how does you know how does that interact and so you know it's so i think i think that's an interesting thing too kind of a nice um horror moment in this episode mm-hmm. I, I i think it's pretty scary like when he says um i mean aside from the fact that you know her waking up the way she does is got you know and he's 
it's all that's all pretty got to be pretty terrifying waking up as a full klingon secured to that table but later you know she asks how how will you know i'm resistant to the phage and he's like i have infected you <laughs> it's like oh my god mm-hmm. that's that's pretty horrific really yeah well yeah i mean then he you know takes the face of her her crewmate you know or thirst that's creepy mm-hmm. too oh that wasn't creepy to me no. that wasn't creepy at all <laughs> no <laughs> Um, I was gonna. Hey, gets the hose again. I had a question for you guys since you guys have been watching um, Discovery, and I was thinking about this when I was watching the episode because the Vidians, you know, I mean, the question in my head, maybe they answer this somewhere down the line, is like, why don't they just um, clone organs? Wouldn't that be easier? And I'm wondering if because this this show took place in the '90s, you know, cloning organs and that kind of thing wasn't as much as a reality in the mass consciousness as it now would would have. Species like the Vidians work in a Star Trek series now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, all you need is a line to explain that away. Just tweak it out. Because yeah, it's an just, interesting, yeah, and it's an interesting villain. They're not they're not all going to be bad, obviously. Well, that's what makes them good villains, you know. Um, yeah. The completely bad, evil uh, villain is, is boring, yeah. you know. You want that you want to be able to see kind of where they're coming from, you know? Yeah. But I think the Vidians really work. They work, they work really well. And they, this, this concept of Torres being split in two was, uh, you know, the Star Trek writing staff bought that concept, but they, they weren't sure how they were going to make it work until they come up with this idea of using the Vidians. And it really, they really were a perfect fit for this story. Mm-hmm. At, at no moment do I think, Oh, this is hokey or, or cheesy that they've done this split. It makes perfect sense. And I, that they did it. And I believe that they were, are medically capable of pulling it off. Uh, and there's no, there's no hokey doctor fix at the end. <laughs> Cathexis, <laughs> you know, where our doctor is expected to do some, you know, crazy blending of these two people. He's just going to reactivate the, the genes that they made dormant or something, you know, I mean, I, I, I buy this episode in a way and that I did in the previous episode. And maybe that's because it's good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what is this episode about? Well, a lot of it's, yeah. Coming to terms with your, your inner personalities, your good, your bad, your intellectual, your hostile, um, you know, the, you know, those are the outwardly simple things, you know, coming to terms with knowing yourself and how you are and accepting yourself. Um, are the pretty simple ones, and then you know, um, don't go into caves by yourself. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I agree. It's one of these. I mean, it's pretty pretty straightforward, but they do it really well. And that, um, well, that parts of ourselves that we that we question, maybe even resent, and we ultimately have to come to terms with all these parts and and see what they bring to making us who we are and embracing that. So, yeah. I mentioned the ending earlier, but I want to bring it up one last time because I, she admits to feeling incomplete without mm-hmm. a Klingon half. Mm-hmm. But I think that if she had had a choice, you know, the implication is maybe she would have chosen to stay human. Yeah, I, I wondered you that. Know? I made a note about would this be more interesting if there was a choice involved, you know? But well, I think it's more interesting that there isn't a choice and that she seems like she wanted to do the other thing. Mm, right. You right. know, mm-hmm. um, I think that that makes it, that's a more compelling uh, 
character conflict. So, and it's and it's and it makes it um, a little different from what we've seen before. It's a little bit more uh, daring in a way. Mm. I mean, obviously, it would have been massively boring and daring for her to just stay human the rest of the series. But that's that's not the Star Trek show that this is. But I think that it was a very a choice unlike others we've seen in this era of Star Trek. The way this ended it was pretty cool. All right. Let's do six degrees for faces. Our score is one to one. Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Steve wasn't willing to follow your uh, example there, Adam. I don't think Steve's ever chosen to go on second. I mean, somebody out there go through our library episodes (laughs) and let us know if Steve's ever gone, chosen to go second. Yeah. (laughs) Um. All right, Steve. Brian Markinson plays Durst. We last saw him play Durst in one what episode? Cafexus. <laughs> uh, Adam Brian Markinson plays Sulan and Durst. His first Trek performance was in Next Gen as the historian Voren in the episode Homeward with Worf's human brother. How does Voren die? Crap. Um. Okay, now I remember the episode. Can I remember how he died? Um, It's a significant story point. And he was the cultural historian. Die of shock because he's in a holodeck? I can't remember. You're almost there, but not quite. Steve? Uh, I don't recall. Suicide. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, he's not able to deal with this. He's he's the one that sees mm-hmm. the real. He walks onto the real gotcha. Enterprise out of the holodeck. Yeah. I also he's a pretty good character actor. He's been in movies and other TV shows. And there was a Canadian show that lasted a few seasons, Continuum. Did you guys ever watch that? Mm-mm. I think I brought it up before, but it's it starred. I can't remember her name, but she's really she's great. The she played the Orion girl in the first JJ Trek. Hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. The, um, Zoe's roommate. But yeah, she was the lead in Continuum, and Brian Markinson was like the police chief on that show. It was a good show. I liked it. All right. Uh, so Steve takes it for the day, two to one. We've had a couple listeners write in and ask for our thoughts, some more extended thoughts on Discovery, and if we were going to have like a conversation about it. Um, I'm not planning to do that anytime soon for a, a couple of reasons. One, Adam hasn't watched the show. And two, I feel like I need some distance on that, on that one. You know, I think I've had a harder time with it than some people. It's not that I hate it, but it's had an, it's had a weird effect on me. And I just feel like I need some time and distance on it. That's all. We're going to be talking about Voyager for, gosh. A while. Yeah. I mean, this, this is going to take us. This will probably be up to, you know, could be a couple of years here before we get through Voyager. And um, I think I just want to try and enjoy this. So we might do the same thing where, you know, by the when the next season comes up, maybe we'll mention it here and there that a little bit like we did before. Maybe by then Adam will have seen the first season and want to say a few things. <laughs> um, has, that, has there been any... Um, Not a word. Hints at when they're going to release it to the masses? Not a word. I'm just making the assumption that it will come up for sale, at least on iTunes, if not also 
um, Blu-ray before the second season premieres in about a year. But they have not said anything. Has there been, has there been any articles on like how it was received or how it did or not really? I mean, they they've said many times that it was financially successful, but we knew that before it even started it because of what Netflix paid. He did say Les Moonves. Then I say his name. He talked recently about how they could have made a lot more money if they just sold it net to Netflix everywhere, including the states. But they really did. You know, use it just uh, as a vehicle to get people onto CBS All Access. But like Steve, did you you canceled yours, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Steve and I are the only people I know that paid for CBS All Access. All Access for Discovery. I don't know anybody else. Every other person I personally know that said, "Oh, I would have watched it," except I'm not going to pay for CBS All Access. Uh, so the only two people I know that did pay for all access were Steve and myself, and both of us canceled it as soon as the show was over. So I don't – that doesn't seem like it's super a super effective way, you know, in the long term. Well, I mean, you guys were obviously watching whether – I know I've, I've seen ads like Will Ferrell is going to be working with CBS, and is there any, was there any, like, other cool shows that were on there? I mean, it's hard to – Well, you know, Jordan, Jordan Peele just won an Oscar for his Get Out script. Hmm. He's doing a Twilight Zone reboot. Mm -hmm. that sounds interesting to me but i just i pay for too much stuff you know yeah. I, I, I amazon prime netflix hulu with no commercials right now we've got the showtime add-on on hulu with no uh, with no commercials uh you know and honestly that's one one too many things i want to cancel one of these things i'm just it's just too much so you know if there was a disney subscription service right now oh yeah we also pay for that boomerang cartoon app you know, if there was a Disney subscription service, I wouldn't get it unless I dropped something else. Because I, I have, it's like if you had cable, you know, you have more content than you have time to watch. What's the point? Yeah, and it's twice as much because internet prices yeah, well, are going up too, right? So, I yeah. mean, I remember, but I, remember I have way I, more content than I'd ever, I'm ever going to have time to watch. Right. And I'm just not, I'm, I'm not in the market for another streaming service. They'd get, CBS will get more money out of me when they put it on Blu-ray because I'll buy that. Right. Steve, do you know anybody? Do you know a single person that paid for CBS All Access? No, but I also, I also don't know a lot of people. I guess. I mean, well, Steve doesn't have any friends. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> that in a way that it's sympathetic. No, well, my brother, my brother did because he watched it. Um, so he paid. They paid for it. Did he cancel it when it was over? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they did. Hmm. So, you know, I'm I'm almost kind of glad that it's not going to be back for the rest of this calendar year and we can just focus on Voyager. That's that's what I want to do. So, I I've heard you listeners that have made that request and and I appreciate um the interaction. Um but I think that's why I'm we we probably won't be talking about it for a little while. Brian has to go through his seven stages of grief. <laughs> well look even if i was ready we wouldn't do it because we wouldn't do it without you adam and i respect i respect why you didn't uh, want to sign up for it so. I, I could sign up for it for i mean you know if, if they come out tomorrow and say you know we're not releasing it to anybody for a year and a half i, I would might consider doing the 30-day free and just yeah, just yeah, you can do it in one. The whole show is on there, right? It's not like they took right. away half of it. Don't swoop if you don't mind waiting. They do it. You wait till they're all up, and then you just watch the season on the free trial. I mean, yeah, you could yeah. do that. Yeah, you know, I might yeah. do that. I mean, if they say it's not going to come out 
for you know i might see I might see how it goes in the summertime because i have more time to watch stuff in the summer so um if they haven't given a release date by then i might consider doing the free month trial because i haven't signed up for it yet so i can still do the 30-day free so how does that work do you do it by email i mean because on netflix it's email so i mean could you technically use a different email and i don't know well on the apple tv it it hooks into your I think the iCloud account, so you wouldn't be able to do the free trial more than once. And also the free trial includes commercials. So uh-huh. if it was me, I'd just spend the 10 bucks and for oh. one month, cancel it immediately, and then you still got the whole month of no commercials. Gotcha. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. No rush. Yep. All right, folks. Well, we are going to be back in two weeks to close out Voyager's first season with the final two episodes of the first season. That will include our uh, kind of recap of season one. Let's see. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash trekcompanion. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. And until next time, thanks for spending an hour with us. Take it easy. Bye, guys. See ya. Stefan, I passed it.